Greetings, my name is Josh Allen and I'm excited to bring you the first episode of the Clay County Beacon Podcast. What you're going to hear today is an interview with Melanie Wright, a candidate for superintendent of Clay County Schools. Hope you enjoy the episode and please be sure to subscribe to the Clay County Beacon Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right. My name is Josh Allen. Thanks for coming to another episode of the Clay County Beacon podcast. And today I have with me Melanie Wright. And Miss Wright is running for superintendent of Clay County Schools. Uh, Miss Wright, thank you, first of all, for coming on the show. And I appreciate you spending some time uh, with me today. First thing I want to know from you is tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am an 11 year teacher in Clay County. I've taught at Lakeside Junior High for a couple years. I've taught it. I'm currently out at Clay High. Um, teach government, economics, world history, so social studies. Um, I've got three girls and a boy. I'm born and raised in Clay County, so I actually went through the Clay County school system. So I've seen all the changes that have taken place over the last 30 some odd years. Um, I decided to do this. I've got one that's getting ready to go into kindergarten next year. And, you know, my husband and I had sat down and actually talked about homeschooling her because of everything that's been taking place in the schools. Um, you know, the massive amount of testing and, and some other stuff that, that's been going on that we were going to pull her from school and I was going to retire and homeschool her. And it just kind of came down to, I felt like I was failing my students if I walked away from it without at least trying to, to fix some of this stuff. And so that's, that's kind of where we, where we are. So, yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's great to see uh, new faces running for all sorts of different offices. So you know, you're, you're new sort of, I guess, to the political scene here in, in Clay County. Uh, and, and for me, that's good. Uh, you know, I'm a proponent of, uh, you know, as many people as possible being involved in local government because local government tends to be the most impactful on people's daily lives. Uh, local governments generally have the most ability to uh, tax people and take money from them to use for public endeavors. So it's good to see you uh, running. Um, what does a school district under Melanie Wright look like if you're elected as superintendent? All right, well, the first thing that I would like to see us do is actually go in, you know, talking about the taxes and, and all the money that we've been bringing in through that um, I'd really like to start by pulling in a third party um, appraiser, not appraiser. Um, I can't auditor. think of the word right now. Third party auditor. An auditor, thank yeah. you. Um, to go back through and look at probably about the last six years worth of spending, kind of figure out where some of the money is currently headed to and where we could reallocate it to, to better our schools. You know, we do have some schools that are kind of falling apart. Um, you know, we had the one out in Oakley that started the year out without any AC and it's nearly a brand new school. That's ridiculous. We should have not have those issues. Um, I've got a daughter right now at Orange Park Elementary, which is one of the oldest schools in this area. And it's also, you know, they do the best that they can to maintain it, but you know, some money needs to go that direction and we should have those funds. And so pulling in that audit and reallocating that money would be a major thing to start out with. Um, I would like to see some of the micromanaging that's currently going on with our teachers 
you know, backed off a little bit. No one should be walking in and telling a teacher, you have to have, you know, A, B, and C written on your board every day. Every 10 minutes, you have to reference something. And, you know, teachers go into this career with the idea that they're going to make a difference with their students. And right now, because the amount of micromanaging that's taking place, they really don't feel like they can do that. And so we're having a lot of burnout. You know, I think the the statistic is 40% of all teachers will leave within their first five years. Um, and that's mostly because of that burnout. They feel like they're not making a difference and they're wasting their time. And they're actually, I know I've had times where I feel like all the stuff that's being put on me is making it so that I'm actually doing more damage than good. So I would like to see us back off from that a little bit and actually allow teachers to teach. Um, I would like to kind of work with the state, but I would like to see us really push to have some of the standardized testing removed. Um, we stress our kids out on a ridiculous level. I've had students in my class hyperventilate or throw up in the middle of an FSA test because the test anxiety is so extreme. Um, I am a huge proponent of, of discipline in schools. I feel like we've backed off of that severely in the last three years. If you go in and look at the code of conduct, it's like every year we're lowering the expectations that we have for student behavior. Um, and in doing that, what we're doing is, yeah, our, our graduation rate is, you know, it's beautiful. It's, it's an A average for graduation rate. But the reality is that a lot of that with the VAM score and you know the, the A district rating, a lot of that is false. You know, we we kind of get around and we inflate that because we don't put disciplinary action with students. And so when those discipline records don't exist, our grade goes up. And so we need to stop worrying about that district grade and really focus on making sure that our students are successful, making sure that they understand boundaries. Um, I want to get back to learning. I think that that should be the priority of the school district is education and not politics. You know, if you've paid any attention the last eight years of, um, of our school district, it's all about the politics. Yes. It's all about stepping stones to be able to move up to the next level. And we need to get away from that because we are destroying our schools in the process. So with me, you know, I have no desire to go any higher in politics. I never would have told you even four years ago that I thought about even going into it now. Um, so politics are not my game, um, but it's a necessary evil right now because we need to just get back to education. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that the school system, and this isn't, you know, limited to just Clay County, but I think public schooling or government schooling in general has become such a complex, entangled, you know, sort of entity that it doesn't look like anything that, if you were to ask the average human being walking around today, what's the point of public schools, they would say to educate kids and get them ready to become a functional adult, whether that means going on to college or going into the military or you know, some other career like to, to, to support themselves and take care of themselves. Like no, no one would describe the school system the way that it's currently set up. Right. Uh, and, and I think that a simplification in, in a, uh, I don't want to say dumbing down, but, uh, but I think like a simplification of the, the requirements and the entanglements and a simplification of what is the goal, right? Like I think if you talk to different entities, 
Uh, if you talk to the school board or you were to talk to the current superintendent or you were to talk to the uh, Clay County Education Association, they would all give you a different description of what public schooling is really meant to do and what the goal of public schooling is. And, and I think it's, it's, it's a shame that it's become so complex. Um, and, and I think that, you know, standardized tests, I can't imagine taking as many tests as kids did, uh, as kids do now, you know, when I was in school. I'm a graduate of Middleburg High School, so I'm a sort of a product of, of Clay County Schools. And I do remember there was a test, and for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the test, that when I was in high school, you know, I was accepted into UNF, like in their honors program. I was accepted into a bunch of different colleges and, and things. And this standardized test that came from the state, I couldn't, I couldn't pass this test. And I never met a test in school that I couldn't pass, right? Like I was fairly, I was fairly lucky. I picked up on things quickly. So it's, it's good to hear somebody say that, you know, let's let teachers teach. Let's get back to the basics and let's, you know, redefine or, or not redefine, but, but remember what the school system is really supposed to do. So I, I want to ask you a question on one of the things that you brought up. Um, standardized tests like so it sounds like and I just want to be clear it sounds like you're you are a proponent of limiting standardized tests and 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 really simplifying that whole aspect of public schooling oh absolutely like I my my belief with the standardized test is we're doing more damage than good it's not a true evaluation what the kids can do the way that it is currently set up so basically um, when a kid you know, in third grade, when they're taking the standardized test, they're not being measured against themselves. They're being measured against last year's third graders. Right. And so you're really looking at apples to oranges because, you know, you, you know, you have kids, I have kids. If I try to compare my 11 year old to my 12 year old, there's no comparison and they're only a year apart. So right. we're, we're talking about taking those two and comparing each other in a classroom. What I would like to see happen is, um, you know, obviously it's something that would have to be approved by the state because there's, you know, all those twisted right. turns and legalities into it, but it's something we could push for is to set up something where, you know, the kindergarten teachers of the area, the first grade teachers, second, you know, all the teachers get together. They look at the standards that we have because there's nothing wrong with having standards, you know, that, that makes sure that people are learning. Um, but taking the standards and actually creating a test bank and then, pulling from, you know, the, the thousand test, you know, thousand test questions that they have creating, you know, one that's maybe 10, 15 questions for a kindergartner, a little bit more intense as you get up into the high school level, give it to them two weeks into the school year. So when the school year first starts, you give them this test and you tell them, you know, we don't expect you to know this stuff. That's the purpose of the school year, but we need a baseline. And then you give it to them. We already have midterms and final exams in place. So instead of teachers having to create a midterm and a final exam, the county gives them, here's your midterm, here's your final. But it's based off of those same standards, those same questions that they had at the very beginning of the year. So now we could actually look at, here's where they were when school started, here's where they are at that midpoint, here's where they are at the end of the year, and you can see actual measurable growth for that kid. Um, That makes sense not as a mandatory retention you know my daughters when they went into third grade i had the one that was up bawling her eyes out the night before because she was so terrified of this test you shouldn't be afraid of these things they measurements not punishments and we we're going the wrong direction yeah i agree and and the burden that's on the state to to show that its money is spent wisely and that school districts are doing their jobs effectively. That burden shouldn't be passed on to the children in those school districts by way of standardized tests. And I think you could make an argument that 
a large portion of these tests really are just that. It's the state farming information so that it can come back to individual school districts and say, you are doing well or you are not doing well. Um, right. You know, and I think that's a shame because anything, uh, I'm a big proponent of anything in the classroom that isn't designed to help those kids learn what they need to learn to continue to progress and get to the goal of being a functional adult uh, in terms of being able to get a job or go to college or join the military, whatever they want to do when they they become an adult and they're out of the school system. Anything that gets in the way of that, that isn't designed to facilitate that probably shouldn't be in the classroom. Right. But I also think that teachers should have a, a very wide range of freedom to teach students to the individual student the way they think that student needs to be taught right so a lot of this stuff like you said that where it becomes harmful is where it's just the whole class is teaching being taught to learn how to take a test and pass a test right because that's really all that tests are is like can you pass that test you know and and that's that's it's just a shame right and i think it sounds like Sounds like you've, uh, you've, you were pretty well thought out on that, and, and I think that that's good. I, you know, I'd be worried about any uh, school board or superintendent candidate that didn't have like some clear thoughts on, on, on that sort of thing. Um, let me ask you about Common Core, right? I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know much about Common Core, right? It's very much praised by some people, very much vilified by other folks, right? And I didn't know much about it, and my first instinct was like, eh, I don't know. It seemed a little suspect to me. Did a little research on it. And I've always been a person that does uh, what I thought was math very oddly in my head. And I'm like, I see it differently. I see like these little blocks of things and I move them around to figure out like what the, the answer to any sort of like a math question is. And I started to realize as I looked into Common Core, that's sort of how Common Core teaches math in some ways, right? And then I realized like maybe Common Core isn't necessarily good or bad, but Common Core, in my opinion, is something that a teacher should have in their tool belt to be able to use if they think a student would benefit from that. What are your thoughts on Common Core? Do you like it, dislike it? You know, where do you stand on it? So there's there's different elements to Common Core that some I like, some I don't, kind of the same thing you're talking about. You know, we do have kids that are auditory learners. We have kids that are visual learners. We have kids that are very tactile. And so, like you said, it should be, those different ways of teaching it should be in our arsenal. However, requiring kids to learn 30 different ways to approach one problem, it's kind of working backwards. Now, some things that I do like with Common Core, I teach social studies. And so when you start talking about Common Core with social studies and English, some of the things that are built into that are, you know, citing evidence whenever you you write something. So whenever you have an argument, teaching them how to cite evidence, and that should be something that's getting taught anyways. Right. Um, I think where Common Core is really getting vilified is that the parents don't know these different strategies. It's not how you and I were taught. And so we feel very lost when our kid comes home and they, you know, like, hey, show me how to do this long division problem. And we sit down and we're, you know, we show them the way that we know. And the kid's like, well, that's not how I was taught it. And we don't know. Um, and it's very easy to say that something that we don't know or that we don't recognize is a bad thing. Right. Uh, another place where it's getting kind of a bad rap is some of the articles that are being put out there. But I think that a lot of that just comes back to common sense. If you see something that is sent to you, whether it's common core, best standards, it doesn't matter what it is. When these articles come across your desk as an educator, you can look at it and say, oh, that's probably not something I should be putting in my classroom. Right. Uh, so 
I don't necessarily love or hate Common Core. It, you know, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis has said that he's getting rid of it. But if you look at the new best standards that have been proposed and you compare the Common Core standards right next to best, they've rearranged the words, but they're still the same standards. Um, And I think it's important for people to realize that. And, you know, everybody's expecting to go into school next year if we get to go into school next year. And it's a completely different curriculum, but the reality is it's not. It's all still the same stuff. Um, I do feel like, especially when it comes to math, going back to those basic strategies, making sure the kids understand the basics. And then, like you said, if you do have a kid that's struggling with that, saying, okay, hey, look, here's a different method. Try this. But we also need to educate the parents on some of those methods. Don't just send home a worksheet full of 100 questions and expect mom and dad to be able to work it out. And as teachers, we should look at it and say, okay, you know, no, this kid didn't go through the exact steps that I gave them, but they got the right answer and that should be acceptable as well. Yeah, if if Um, a kid can show that they understood it, even if they didn't get to it the exact same way, I'm with you. I think that, uh, you know, that, that should be, okay, you did it. Good job, you know. Right. Um, let me ask you a little bit about uh, charter schools. So talk about something else that is vilified by some people and, and just loved uh, by other people. Um, you know, famously, you know, one of our school board members said that charter schools are not Clay County schools. So just in general, I'm curious to know, like, what are, what are, where do you think about charter schools? Like, what, where do you stand on the whole issue uh, of charter schools? So um, first and foremost, I have to argue with that that school board member that they are actually Clay County schools. Um, They are just different types of education. So when we start talking about school choice and things like that, they're a choice. You know, it's no different than, you know, a parent who chooses to homeschool their kid or to send them to private school. Now we have the choice between a public charter or a public school. Um, They are part of our school district, and I do feel like as a district, we should be working with them. Um, There's pros and there's cons to it. I like the fact that they are able to use different types of teaching, different types of curriculum. And we've been doing that in some of our other schools, too. You know, we put the STEAM program in place at Discovery Oaks, and, you know, we've got this whole list of school choice and, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that traditional form of education that they have at, at the St. John's Classical Academy, the, the classical education. Um, I actually would propose taking that form of education and dropping it into like Charles E. Bennett that's a struggling school right. because there, there are some positives to it. Um, we've created the need for charter schools in Clay County because we've been so close-minded about redirecting and being willing to try different forms of education here for so long that we created a need where these parents felt like their kids were being failed in our schools. And so now they have an option. And so they're, they're leaving. And I've actually spent a pretty good amount of time since I decided to run talking to parents about why they chose to pull their kids from the public schools and place them in the charter schools because, you know, being a teacher, we hear the bad stuff, you know, all the bad things that are happening in the charter schools. Um, You know, the charter parents hear all the bad things that are happening in the public schools. So I talked to a bunch of parents about why they chose to move their kids. And the main thing that it came back to is they felt like 
because their kids kind of fall in the middle. And right now, public schools, the way that they're structured, we either focus on the kids in the very, very bottom who we need to bring up in order to raise test scores and raise our district grade, or we focus on the kids at the top to try to make sure that we're getting those scores for them going into college and tech programs. Um, and so the kids that are in the middle who struggle, we kind of ignore them. Yep. By doing that, these parents needed a new place for their kid where the middle was focused on as well. And so they've moved a lot of them out. I've talked to a lot of parents that have kids that are ESC um, and they felt like they weren't getting the services that they needed in the public schools. And so they've moved their kids. And so looking at those issues, I don't feel like in Clay County, we need another charter school. I think that the two that we have, we should support them and we should work with them. I don't feel like we need a third, fourth or fifth one. Um, I think that we need to look at the reasons that the parents are leaving and restructure our schools to meet those needs. And then, you know, it'll all work out. Um, but they shouldn't be vilified and there shouldn't be this battle between the parents and the school board. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, I think, you know, I'd, I'd love to know if you agree with this. I don't think the kids that are in charter schools should be made to feel as though they aren't part of, you know, the Clay County school system. Right. Um, Cause to my knowledge, like, you know, our, our charter schools, I don't think any of the ones that we have currently are high schools. Right. So they're, they're lower, the lower grades and those kids are eventually going to be in the Clay County school system. You know, they're going to go to a most likely a public high school. Uh, you know, in classical academy is going to go through high school. Are they like, okay? They, yeah, I could be wrong about that, but either way, wrong, but yeah. that was my understanding. Yeah, I could be wrong about it too, but but I just you know I think it's it's a shame to to make anybody feel you know, and I don't think that at a high level you know if you start looking at it nationwide and throughout the state that charter schools are a perfect solution right? But I think you hit the nail on the head. I think charter schools were the natural reaction of a group of people who said my only option in government schools are not meeting the needs of my kids. And I think I can get something better for them by going, you know, the charter school route. So uh, that's, uh, you know, I think it's like anything else, charter schools, common core, whatever you want to talk about, if used correctly, used properly, it can be an asset and a tool, you know, that the district has to work towards the the betterment of all the students. And, And if not used properly, then, you know, you end up with a lot of bickering and fighting, which is, to be perfectly honest, a lot of what we see now, and I'm not going to name any names, and I'm not asking you to jump in and name any names, but it's just a shame that, you know, there's so much bickering over or something is that. So that sort of naturally leads into uh, my next question. What are some things that you think that the Clay County Schools District is currently doing well? Um, there's a lot that we're doing well. I think that, well, with the distance learning, I think for the most part, the trying to make sure that we're keeping parents involved in the distance learning, making sure that school is still happening right now. I think that we're doing really well there. Um, I think that we are doing well moving towards creating these new programs in the school with the school choice. Um, I, the one thing I would say with the school choice programs is I wish that we would kind of spread the wealth a little bit. We centralize it right now, the schools that have those programs, the steam and, you know, the art school and all that kind of stuff. They're kind of in Oakleaf or they're in Fleming Island. Right. Uh, and I feel like the schools that are on the outskirts could really benefit from those as well. Clay Hill Elementary, you know, out in Keystone, because those kids don't have the access to getting in it. Um, I think that 
we are doing really well with our high school programs. Yes. Uh, dual enrollment is phenomenal. I love that we offer that to our students. We have a ton of different AP programs. So when you're talking about those kids that are really college bound, we do a lot to focus on them and to give them that access. Um, I do, I would like to see dual enrollment and well, and the AP program as well, kind of again, spread through all the schools. So you have at, at Orange Park High School, they offer significantly more dual classes than say Clay High School does. Right. And that's something that we, you know, we need to look at kind of spreading out. So we've got this great baseline of a program. Um, academies, and I know the academy program started, what, six years ago, something like that. Right. Um, and when we first started it, we tried to go wall to wall with it. That didn't work. Um, and that's never going to work because you do have those kids that are college bound, not tech bound. Um, and we backed off of doing the wall to wall and we focused in more on, you know, just one or two academies at each school so that we can allow those kids to really grow and prosper. I would like to see us invest in those programs a little bit more. Um, you know, we have at Clay High School, we have the criminal justice program and it's phenomenal. It's great. The problem with it is we don't have anything attached to it with like dual enrollment or AP. So we lose those kids right. who, you know, criminal justice should encompass law and um, political sciences and, and things like that, but it doesn't. And so we need to look at how can we better these programs. So we have an amazing baseline on these extra programs. Uh, that we just we need to focus in on them a little bit more and, and the biggest reason right now that you get for not having it like, like I said with the criminal justice it'd be great do a dual enrollment law studies program do you right. know how many kids you would pull into that program yeah, yeah a ton I would imagine yeah um, but we don't have the money for it right and so you know again we do a great job of having baseline programs and then we just kind of stop there um, so we're great at starting them. Uh, we do want the students to do well. Again, you know, our graduation rate is great. I don't think that it's accurate. We, we do a really good job of pushing students through right. in some cases. So it's not necessarily a positive thing, but we do it well. So, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a system and, and systems, people tend to, you know, work systems to their advantage. So, you know, it's, it's, it's probably something that uh, as far as graduation rates go, I, I would think you could look at any any school district anywhere in the country and say, hey, you know, is that 100 percent accurate or is there a little bit of sort of pushing people through, um, you know, uh, in, in any district? But uh, so another question I have for you, there's been a lot of talk amongst uh, people that I know, not any politicians or elected officials or even necessarily just limited to teachers or school board related things. A lot of talk about term limits. Right. Some people are very much in favor. Some people not. Where do you stand on term limits for local offices, whether it's superintendent, school board, you know, or any others? I think we need term limits. I think you run into a major problem when people are in there for years and years and years. They get completely complacent. Um, I know. I said kind of going into this, if this is some if I end up winning, I'm going to term limit myself. I think that that two terms is perfectly fine. And I think that with the school board, that that should be done as well. And not just the school board, you know, all of our offices really should be term limited because 
the longer you keep people in the same spot, the less new ideas and opportunity that you have for improvement and growth. You kind of become very stagnant. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening at our school board level is that we've just become stagnant. We've got people that have been there for years and years and years and years, and they don't feel concerned that they're going to lose their seat, and they don't feel like there's really any reason to change anything. And by doing that, you know, we've kind of put our schools and our, our district in the place that we are. And so I am actually highly in favor of term limits, and I'm sure that's not going to be a very popular answer amongst some people within the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, it's not going to be popular amongst some of your uh, fellow teachers who are members of the, uh, you know, the Clay County Education Association. They seem to be very adamantly. And, and you know, I, I'm in favor of term limits personally. I'm very in line with, with what you just outlined as to why. There are some, I think, you know, legitimate, earnest opinions on the opposite spectrum to say, you know, if you, if you don't like the person, vote them out. And uh, you could make some of those arguments. But I do see the old adage sort of being true in my experience that most people vote on name recognition. Oh, I recognize that name. They've been in there. Nothing has exploded while they've been elected. I'll just vote for them again. Right. Which is part of the reason I'm starting up this, uh, you know, podcast and the website that I created a couple of years ago. So can people, people can have more than just a name to go on, right. They can hear from you. They can hear from other candidates. They can know here's where she stands on X, Y, and Z different issues. Um, and I think term limits sort of tie into another subject that people like to talk about recently, appointed versus elected superintendents. Where do you fall on that? Are you in favor of, of one versus the other? Well, I personally am in favor of elected. I feel like when you're talking about individuals that are running your school district, that that needs to be something that the community decides on as far as the direction that they want things to go. Um, and, and kind of going back to the term limits, if you leave it to the school board who's been there for years and years and years, they're going to pick somebody that's in line with their thoughts and not necessarily in line with the community's thoughts. Um, I personally feel like this should remain an elected position. Um, Now you do run into the situation where people only want to see two names because, you know, they not necessarily that they like both of the names, you know, there's that they just don't want the third person to split the one that they're, okay with more if that makes sense yeah it makes sense but but it's just in my opinion i don't mean to cut you off sorry but that's such a silly (laughs) excuse me such a such a silly argument um you know like you know i think more people running the more people running the better right Mm -hmm. the more representation you have from all facets of uh the county i think is is healthy but yeah there is that tendency for people to say well i just want two because you know, if, if someone else might vote for this person or this person, they won't, you know, they can't vote for both. And it just, you know, I don't know, seems silly to me, but what do I know? Right. So <clears throat> I appreciate you spending all this time with us. And, and I think we're that we're pretty much through all the things I wanted to talk about. I want to give you essentially uh, sort of an open forum to, to if you have anything that you want to say to the people of Clay County to as far as why they should vote for you for superintendent. This is your time. Like what what's your what's your message to the voters and and. How, how do you want them to, to think about, you know, considering you for superintendent? Um, so the main thing is that I'm not a politician. I'm not in this as a stepping stone. My entire reason for being in this race revolves solely around the fact that I am a teacher and I see what's happening in our schools 
and I see the areas that can be approved. Um, and then I'm also a parent. So I see, you know, from the end of the work that my kids are bringing home and how the testing and everything is impacting them. This, so I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in this for the right reasons. I'm not in it for name recognition or a huge paycheck or any of those types of things. You know, this isn't my, my last hurrah. Like I said, I've only been teaching for 11 years. So, you know, technically I have a lot more years left, but you know, it's just, we need to take back our schools. We need to stop allowing them to be used as a political tool to better people's resumes. And if you've paid any attention to Clay County politics um, for the last, I don't even know how many years, that seems to be what's been happening is we're continually putting politicians in the seat and they're not there to, to work towards the things that we need. I really want to focus on fixing the ESC program that we have in Clay County. We've got a great foundation for it, but parents don't understand when their kids get a 504 or an IEP, what that necessarily means. And so we need to, as a community, build up and support each other, create an advocacy board where if a kid gets a brand new IEP, that that parent can now go to that board and they can really help them understand what all of that paperwork means. Because if you've ever dealt with that program, you sit in that meeting and parents go, uh-huh, 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 and they walk out and they're so overwhelmed. Yep. The teachers don't understand what all of it means. So we need to re-educate teachers on what these ESE programs mean. Again, we need to go in and we need to figure out where our spending is so that we can make sure that we are doing things right by our students and by our families. We need to pull the community back into schools. Um, I know, so I do every Saturday evening at six o'clock, I do a live video. And on that live video, I focus on a specific topic for every week. And one of, that we spent about two weeks on was actually community and the fact that parents feel like they're no longer allowed to be part of the schools because it's become such a political arena. They're not allowed to have a voice in their kids' education. Teachers do not feel like they have a voice. They are terrified to speak up and say, hey, this is wrong. Um, we need to focus on school safety and really making sure that we're making the right decisions in terms of keeping our kids safe. And in some cases, that might mean the school board police. In other cases, maybe we look at it and that's not necessarily the route we should be taking. Maybe it is more of a unified front between us and the sheriff's office. And that's something that going back and looking at the budget, it should be more than just about money. It's about our kids' safety. I don't care if it costs you you know, if you save a thousand dollars, but you know, option B, the thousand dollar more expensive option, if that's actually going to keep my child safe in school, please pay the thousand dollars. I'll pay the thousand dollars. I want our kids safe. And so it, it needs to be something outside of the budget that we look at and we truly evaluate. That is something that, you know, should I win this and, you know, whoever the, the sheriff is, whether it remains Sheriff Daniels or it's another elected official, whoever the sheriff is after this new term, they need to sit down with whoever the new superintendent is and really look at it. We need to bring in some people from the outside that are experts in safety 
and look at our schools and evaluate this and then take a step back and make the decisions. The decision may be that we keep the school police. I don't think that we need all the cars that they have because that car can't make it to the middle of the campus if a, if a shooter's in the middle of the campus, but a golf cart could. Right. So, you know, looking at what is going to be the best there. So. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, once again, I just appreciate your time and appreciate you coming on uh, to be part of the podcast. And, and, you know, we wish you, I wish you the best of luck.